Potty, we're here, mate. And we're not happy. No, what an absolutely miserable morning. The sun is shining, there's a nice chill in the air, lovely crisp winter morning, and we are absolutely devastated. Filthy, filthy. Made the origin last night, so welcome to all our listeners. This is our origin wrap, our special episode, looking back at uh, the ins and outs of Origin 1 that was played uh, in Adelaide last night. Um, Mate, we'll we'll just get straight into it. What do you reckon? Well, mate, obviously uh, kicking it off straight away, very disappointed in the result. I mean, passionate New South Welshman. To not get the not get the W was uh, certainly not what we were after, but um, you know some of the big talking points to come out of it. Um, before we go into a real critique, fourteen player penalty. You ever seen that before, mate? I haven't. I haven't seen that before. Um, yeah, I, it may have happened before. I'm not. I'm not too sure. But it's. I like it. Because, you know, you think about in the in the National Rugby League competition, they talk about, you know, stripping points, doing whatever, you know, but it, how do you get that reward in origin? And I think, you know, a penalty yeah. was probably – I mean, even they could look at it the future, maybe a sin bidding. You know, yeah. the player who comes on has to spend 10 in the bin. Yeah. I just don't know how you get that wrong. As I understand it, there are interchange um, – what, what are they called, experts or... Um, yeah, I don't think that... Well, obviously the expert the expertise was eradicated from that because the interchange was on the other side. Yeah. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah, the morbidly obese yeah. bloke with a high-vis shirt walking down the other side wasn't able to um, impart his knowledge yeah. on the... Uh, and his expertise in that, in that situation, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And, um, well, yeah, so that was the first thing that I hadn't seen. Um, what, what 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 else stood out for you, mate? Um, I, I think just even the pre-match, mate. Just just leading into it, I, I think um, I've I've realised that women actually play rugby league now. Yeah. Um, there was <laughs> there was a, an abundant advertising, and you know, I and I think the women's the um, women's rugby league. So in terms of the state of origin series in the WNRL, is I think it's great. Yeah. But um, geez, they flogged it, didn't they? It was like when. Um, when Desperate Housewives was first going to start and they were advertising it during the Australian Open and I think they were actually stopping the match for it yeah. <laughs> to let everybody know that this new show, Desperate Housewife, was um, was starting. So women actually play rugby league now, Potty, I know. Yes, yes. What do you, you see, mate? What's um, What caught you from the match at, uh, at, at wonderful Radelaide? Oh, well, um, look. New South Wales defence, uh, particularly on their edges, mm. was absolutely deplorable. And I don't know what was going on there, honestly. that We talk about um, Queensland being up 10-6 at half time. How did that happen? Yeah. They had two chances and scored two tries. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it was, I think, uh, you know, I, I think Queensland could have bought a lottery ticket after that first, you know, 40 minutes. I yeah. mean, they, you know. They, they were well worth the lead going in because I think of how poorly New South Wales executed. But, you know, I think they were, they were very lucky. Yeah, they were. And lucky on an... Okay, so first of all, they defended really well and they got off their line and they, they cut down um, New South Wales edges. So, so well done to them. But at the same time, New South Wales, 
you know, had plenty of opportunities. I, I don't know if James Tedesco is filthy at Josh Addo Carr for some reason. I don't know if he just doesn't like him mm. or didn't have him in his multi for an anytime try scorer like myself. But yes. leaving the fastest player in the competition open on the wing and not passing it to him. Yeah. I, not sure what was going on there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think we'll, we'll get we'll dive into that a, a bit deeper into the uh, into the analytics of the, of the uh, of the podcast, mate. I, I can't go past though if we're staying pre post match. The Blues Navy jersey got the run. Mm, yes. So that was a that was a discussion point that we got um, that we talked about in in the sports attention podcast uh, for this week that the uh, the Navy jersey had been given the flick but um you know they they dug their boots in and they they wore it yeah so I'm. it was rubbish yeah it was it was it was ordinary (laughs) and as we mentioned the other day i don't think that um uh, i wasn't a supporter of the jersey in the first place but you can't come to a team after they produced yeah hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of merchandise and said oh no actually you can't wear that three days before and i i mean at the end of the day as a fan i don't really care and i think that's on Puma, yep. you know, I, I think Puma can wear that because they're obviously the ones who make the money from the jersey. Yeah. And at the end of the day, as the great 12th man said, you know, Puma should stick to making Puma pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from the jerseys. Stick with the pants. Puma pants. Um, mate, the living end. The living end. Pre-match entertainment. It was it was sad. I realised how old I was yep. when I watched them because they have absolutely aged like a grape. Yeah, you know they um, even um, was he played the big the bass the is that the big sort of yeah you yeah know, yeah large so. instrument. I'm not not that much of my but he had the uh, he, I noticed he had the Brock Lesnar haircut. Oh, the, yeah, you know, after watching the WWE on the weekend, yeah, he had the the big Brock Lesnar haircut. But the Living End were there, you know. Great old Aussie rock band, but um, yeah, gee, they were um, yeah they've they've definitely uh, got some got some K's on the clock. Oh, they certainly the have. They are loved by the NRL though. They they yes. played at grand finals, yes. and um, there have been a few of their performances that have been questioned by fans. Oh, they mate. keep getting them back. Yeah, at the end of the day, when you're competing with the likes of Tim Amatic, mm, like well, you've you've really really got to step up to the plate and. Uh, Timomatic, he sort of he's done the job in the past. Yes, so yes. he set it set quite a, a high standard. Rightio, mate. Um, anything from from Adelaide that sort of caught your eye, mate? What did you think about the game being there? Oh, Any mate, critique so, on that? Uh, obviously, in the lead up, we heard a lot of press around the fact that there were ten thousand seats um, still unsold a couple of days before, and they they mm. filled out the ground relatively well, but. Uh, I still saw plenty of um, empty seats there and just having it at a cricket ground, Mm. I just don't know that that really um, sells the NRL's product to new markets. I know they don't have anywhere else really in Adelaide, but... Mm. But it's guaranteed money, so yeah. obviously that's that's you know the the NRL auctions off the 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 prized asset of Game One of Origin, um, so it's guaranteed money. So the NRL's not losing anything from it, no. obviously, other than the fact that there are seats that are empty. However, um, yeah, I, I suppose it's I I like the idea of you know, and I'd even go to an auction system for the grand final for it to to go around, but. Yeah, if you're getting that guaranteed money, that's a positive. However, 
rugby league atmospheres are, you know, rectangular stadium, the crowd feeling like they're on top of the players, you know, and especially with a cauldron like Origin, that's why, you know, unfortunately for us, Suncorp Stadium does it so well. Yep. All right, mate. Um, so let's get into the deeper analysis of the match. Um, we've sort of touched on the 14-player penalty. Um, let's uh, let's dive straight into the uh, let's dive straight into the referee performance because you know whilst we don't want this to become and and you know from my position and I'm speaking in my opinion only, um, it wasn't a it's not a referee sort of you know the referee lost us the game sort of garbage, but I think. Um, Ashley Klein sort of dug himself a bit of a hole last night. I agree. Um, Queensland with a better team got the chocolates. Mm, no, I'm absolutely. Not, not suggesting that that wasn't the case. And in, as New South Welshman, that's you know the, probably the most frustrating part. You'd like someone to point your finger out and blame. But Ashley Klein came out in the first five minutes and blew two or three penalties for um, uh, players inside the ten. But luckily the players were perfect for the next 70 minutes and didn't once go inside the 10 after that. Yeah. Oh, so he's it's, decided yeah, to get the whistle in his mouth and let everyone know he's there. And then all of a sudden there were some penalties that he couldn't avoid giving, a head-high tackle, yeah. you know, a crucial tackle. The next thing you know, there's been six penalties in the first 20 minutes of the game. It's like, well, if you didn't blow those ones that were borderline in the first place mm. we wouldn't have this drama and that's i mean everyone talks about it it's it's sort of that unwritten understanding of you know it's ref like an origin game yeah you know which is frustrating for those who you know watch the week-to-week nrl and you go oh geez it'd be nice for it to be ref like an origin game but um i'd heard someone make a comment i i believe it may have been phil gould uh, make the comment that Gussie. he yeah he knew that ashley klein was getting the gig because he refed a previous match in the NRL, I can't remember which one it is, I'm just going off the cuff here, um, he refed it like an origin. So he said, oh, I can see that it looks like Ashley Klein's going to get the gig. However, last night he refed it like an NRL game. Yeah. You know, which was extremely frustrating. I think he's, his idea is obviously I want to set the standard and I want to, you know, players to know that this is, this is the line. But in doing that, he's basically created, you know, this idea that oh well if I've given that I've got to give this and yeah it was the stop start nature of the of the first sort of 20-25 minutes of the first half I think really affected the you know the spectacle of the game and um, you know origins about fatigue origins about you know attrition and and digging in when it's needed and and to do that you need the game to flow. So while we're on referees mate um, should should we touch on uh, some of the decisions by the bunker? Yeah, why not, mate? What do we got? All right, so for me, there are a couple of really um, uh, controversial ones there. The Tyson Frizzell no try. What did you make of that, mate? Well, I, yeah, I, in terms of it was basically, it was no try. You couldn't, the camera angles, I, I have to agree, the camera angles, you couldn't say, oh, it was definitive this, that, and the other, that you see the ball touch the ground. There is absolutely no way in the world that that ball doesn't hit a blade of grass. That's right. There's, you know, it's impossible. And however, the frustrating thing for that and the way that it is structured is that the referee sends it up as a no try. But of course you're going to send it up as a no try because if you had have seen or felt that it hit the ground, you would have blown a try. Yep. So you're almost setting it up as if, oh, well, 
you know, prove me wrong or I'm not willing to say that it was a try in case I'm wrong. And yep. then when they can't find the video frame that shows that the ball's hitting on the grass, even though it's, you know, absolutely impossible that it didn't get some grass, you know, you're left with your hands tied and you've got to go no try, which is, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, so I, I was – I could not believe that decision after watching the replays. There was one particular still where – it would have. You couldn't see it. You're right. You couldn't actually see it hitting the ground, but it would have been defying the laws of physics for it not to be touching yeah. the ground. It was touching the ground, and yeah. and it's something the NFL do really well. Yeah. Is they just they give the touchdown, prove the touchdown wrong. Yeah, you know. And I think you know for the spectacle, we we want points as fans. Yeah. And I think that's possibly an avenue that the NRL's got to go down. Is yeah. basically give the try, and they, they've they've they're tiptoeing that line with the idea of yep, sending up at a try, or they're giving a try and letting the bunker come in later. I like that. Yeah. Um, I think they could go, you know, just a step forward f- further and go if it looks like a try, um, even if there is some doubt with it, give the try. Everyone, you know, who has about it, it's a great try, and if it's proven by the bunker that there was an infringement or there was something that, you know eradicates that try, then you go with it on on a case-by-case basis. Yeah. So the challenge was brought in a couple of years ago to get rid of the howler. And I think basically that's what the, the, the bunker should be as well. Like, yeah. you look if that's awarded a try, the bunker doesn't look at that and go, that's a howler, I'm not awarding that. Yeah. So a- anyway. Uh, and the other one I thought was late in the first half where New South Wales had a challenge and... Um, they were claiming that the ball had hit Harry Grant's hand and uh, um, Bunker suggested that it was inconclusive evidence too. It was pretty conclusive. It was conclusive. <laughs> when you saw his hand <laughs> flopping, he basically shook his hand in pain after yeah. the ball hit it. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, it, was a, it was one of those ones though that I, I, you could argue that even if you're you know, a one-eyed Queensland fan, you could argue that he was, play, he was sort of half playing at the ball, half going, Do, am I going to have to make a tackle? Yeah, and it was one of those ones, but it definitely came off came off his hand. I, I I mean, in the initial contest of that one, I was thinking, why have they challenged this? And then it came back down to the Harry Grant um, sort of touch that well, they, they looked at. I was um, well, when I first, th- I thought it was a blatant escort as well. But <laughs> well, yeah, and th- and that's something that wasn't picked up, no. you know, because it just came in. If you check a run. And especially when you, I believe it was Crichton who was checked or Crichton or the Fox, one of them was checked. Um, yeah, it was basically, look, you know, if you run them off the ball, then that's a penalty. Yeah, just but basically yeah. ran into the space. But anyway. Okay. Um, yeah, so the flagless in bin as well, mate. That was, I mean, just a... a you know, when we talk about origin being ref differently, that's a, a perfect example of... You know, that's an NRL penalty that we're all spitting chips and going, oh, far out, here we go again. But to, for that for that to creep into origin is so frustrating for the fans. Wait, hang on. Was Fleck the sin bin? Oh, oh I, I don't know because <laughs> my, my um, old argument, Channel 9 didn't have the camera on it when oh. it happened. <laughs> well, that's true. I he literally was, saw he, him walking up the he tunnel. He was running up the tunnel oh, as they said, oh, oh, oh and he's been gone. Yeah. Oh. No, I think they were looking at Billy Slater. Oh, <laughs> mate, I was ropeable. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry, but, I won't go down that. But uh, that was, I mean, that was, I mean, that, that 
that was a bullshit sin bin. I mean, it oh, was it was so yeah. like it was a, a chest chest to chin contact, but it was in a you know the high intensity front on defence of an origin. You're gonna get that, and that was just basically dusted off. Yeah. You know, maybe a penalty if it's a you know if you're being generous, but the thought of that being a sin bin is it's hundred percent. Queensland got um, the rough end of the stick there for sure. I. Yeah, to me, he sort of hit his chest like, like yeah, just yeah. Sort of, it was it, more it was like, it was like I said, it was one of those ones that you see on the weekend and it shits you to tears and you go oh, far out. This you know they they're making the NRL soft, but it's okay. On a Wednesday night when we watch Origin, we don't have to put up with that. Well, I mean, wrong. I wonder if it um came down a little bit of um uh, Tommy Flegler's got a bit of a reputation as well. I wonder if it had been the hammer. Who'd um, made the tackle? Whether it would have been a, a sin bin or not, because not yeah. not as well um, known at the judiciary is is Hammer. So. Yeah, that, that's true. Now um, Nathan Cleary, mate, I thought he was you know I he was on the back foot uh, a lot of the time. I think I don't think his kicking game um, was where it should be. Um, it was very very frustrating for me as as a New South Wales fan. Um, you know, I don't think he played. Bad, mm. but I I just feel as though New South Wales didn't appreciate the repeat set in a way that they should have last night. You know they looked desperate every time they were on the line. Um, hence those attacking kicks at the try line. There was I think there was probably about five or six of those in when you're in good position, rather than going look. Let's back out of fence because I think the, the forward pack tussle was, I mean, it was 50-50 all night. Like, New South Wales were attacking really, really well with their defence. Yeah. Um, and they were putting Queensland on the back foot, putting them under pressure. And I think that in, you know, looking back on it, you, you'd go, look, there was probably, you know, three or four times there where you could tune them over for another repeat set and try and just, you know, get the old vice grip on them and, and you know, Work them, work them down a bit for, but a bit more. But I, I think we got, we got desperate. Our attack looked desperate on well, the line. There's been a big change in the last twelve months as far as the way teams um, see line dropouts, and they see it as an opportunity now. Yeah, and they don't just kick it back; they always go for the short one, and they're attacking. And because of that, I think people are, um, are teams are less inclined to go for the dropout because it's no longer a guaranteed here's the ball back. And that's sort of what I felt like might have been in the mindset of New South Wales last night because they only forced a couple of dropouts. Mm. And you were right, there was plenty of opportunities. But if you're not going to guarantee yourself getting the ball back, then perhaps... Perhaps they're like, oh, well, we, we need to have a crack at the line and we'll just yeah. make them work it out from one yard out. I mean, that's a really good point. However, what coach is now setting up there? Because I noticed that even the the, kick, the dropout structure of the setup for New South Wales was very heavy for that short dropout. How far are we off from the old school hoisting the second row up? Yeah, we're probably not that far. Um, I'd be surprised if a coach isn't actually setting it up for that now and just practicing that at training. Let's let's completely, you well, know, take take the wind out of the sail of the short dropper. So I know that they're um, they're definitely considering it. Last week against the Cowboys, I heard an interview with Brendan Hands afterwards. Um, there was a short dropout late that got knocked back by a Cowboys guy, and he'd actually run back inside the ten 
and after it was hit back, caught it, and they asked him, had he, um, was he planning it? Was it instinct? He goes, oh no, we all know places we have to be now because of the short dropping. Mm. So they are training for it, but. You know, maybe they're yeah. going to get in a couple of rugby union coaches and have a little bit of a chin wag about. Oh, that's scary. Yeah, that is a worry. <laughs> that is a worry. Uh, thank oh. you to all our rugby union listeners. Yeah, look, mate, re- regarding what you're talking about with Nathan Cleary, look, um, straight off the bat, to be like, I just want to make this clear like, he is our best option by an absolute oh, yeah, halfback. And I'm not nah. for a second suggesting that he should be dropped and somebody else put in. But I must say, um, at origin level, I think about um, the the greats of the past, but even the the current Queenslanders, Cherry Evans, Munster, even Ben Hunt, who's been criticised for his um, uh, ability to ice games and play in the big matches in the big moments, they've all nailed it at that level. And Mm. Nathan Cleary has had another opportunity last night to really put his fingerprints all over a, um, a result and hasn't been able to, as a halfback, and it's not all his fault at all, but hasn't been able to nail the results. So I mean, in defence of Nathan, he's got time. I yeah, think he still I, has time. And as I said, he is our best How, option by an absolute mile. Yeah, so I think he's got those things on his side. However, I mean, you, you do raise you know very, very valid points in terms of the fact that Cherry Evans, Munster, I mean, they, they were just, you know, they weren't, there was just those little pieces of brilliance throughout the match which made a massive difference. Mm. Cherry Evans with the 40-20. And when Queensland needed something at the end of the game, who was the one scooting across the field, picking up the hammer? Who was the one who was picking up the the try on the back of a Lindsay Collins, yeah. you know, well, assist? Not, not like on his was, side of the field, you know, just... And he you set know, up and the that was the, the difference as well. Yeah, and, and that was probably the only three things he did all night. But geez, he made him care. That, that's exactly right. So that's you know when we're looking at you know someone like Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai to a certain extent all match, and we're going, what are you going to do for us? What are you going to do for us? You know, at the end of the day, Queensland, you know, their halves when it mattered, they they stood up, and mm. and that's what they'll get the plaudits for that. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, so mate, we we need to just power. Bit yep. ahead here, mate. So looking at um, where do we, where to now from New South Wales perspective, um, and maybe even a bit of bit of selection critique analysis. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here, mate, and I'm going to say if Turbo isn't a hundred percent, he's got to sit out. You know, he w- he was just absolutely nowhere to be seen last night. There was no. Um, yeah, there's obviously an injury there. You know, his his form's been off at Manly. He played a really good match leading into the selection against Canberra. But I mean, the turbo that we expected, Origin, that one who's sniffing around the ruck, you know, taking the ball forward with plenty of vigor, just was absolutely nowhere to be seen last night. Yeah, he wasn't, and um, I couldn't argue with you leaving him out, especially with someone like Campbell Graham playing so well and um, having such an impact and being a target in the air as well as um, a great finisher. I I thought, um, you know, he's probably been picked on, you know, wanting him to be there and wanting him... I mean, yeah, and that's me saying that as, all right, we need to win a series now. We need to win two games to win a series. It's not, you know... How to you know Turbo's value to an Origin side? Turbo, a hundred percent Turbo walks into any side, mm. any rugby league side in the world. Like you know, he and is. And if he is a hundred percent, 
keep him. But I don't think he's 100%. No, I don't think and so. that's and that's my point. So mm. is the juice worth worth the squeeze and sticking with Turbo and getting another performance like we got last night when the reality is is we could possibly look at, you know, really stiffening up the defence out wide with a Campbell Graham and then looking at sort of um, you know, unleashing a bit more attack you know, from the inside channels that we've had such success with in the past. Yeah. Um, selections, you know, they were both good teams and, and we were concerned that Queensland were the better team. We were chatting about this the other day before we even went, went in. We knew it was going to be a close one. Mm. But I've got to say, I think Freddie got it wrong and I think he got it wrong again. I, uh, Nico Hines picked on the bench. How are you going to get him in the game? Got him in for an injury, got him in at centre and he was made look ordinary um, by Munster, just brushed off, defending out of position. And if Tommy Turbo didn't go down there, I think it was um, uh, he, he was going to struggle to get in the game. I think he should have been picked in the starting team, and if not picked in the starting team, I think there might have been better options, such as maybe a Burton um, who yeah. can cover multiple positions. Yeah, so Burton, who was Dally M Centre of the Year, was sitting as 18th man. That's right, who could play... Um, you know, we had he, he could play he could play centre. He's a bigger body. I imagine you could put yeah. him in the middle, and he'd be able to handle that a little bit more. Obviously, he can play half and five eight as well. I imagine he could have a go at fullback. Not that it matters. You've got a few fullbacks floating around the team anyway. So, yeah. but yeah. I mean the the retort you often get, especially from the punditry that's um, you know working with Channel Nine, Fox Sports, and the like, is that combinations matter. But Queensland have told us for so long that combinations don't really mean shit. Garbage. Absolutely. You know, because can't how, many, how many club games has Cherry Evans and Munster played together? That's right. Exactly. You know, it's, and I think, you know, you've got, you've got to, as a coach in a representative arena, you've got to make those tough decisions. And maybe that tough decision was Nico at six, yeah. clear at seven, and go, look, this is what we're going to, we're going to go with. We've got faith in you guys. Let's make it happen. You know, um, do they – now you've put yourselves in a position as New South Wales where you're looking at game two, which could effectively lose the series, where you're looking at going, do we make that hard decision? It is a it is an absolute shit position to be in. That's right. And Freddie's been in this position four out of the last five years, mate. So that he's lost game one four out of the last five years. Yeah. So that's, that's a real concern. It means he's getting selections wrong. And they – I think three quarters of the – of the series, if you lose game one, you lose the series. So that's right, that's right. Mm. And finally, I thought uh, Tavita Pangai Jr. was um, uh, very, very strong in a lot of his carries, but I knew he had at least one of those errors in him where the silly offload coming out of territory couldn't dig in, couldn't play that really grinding style of football that put pressure on. And it turns out he had two. New South Wales were all over him. He flopped in, gave away a penalty, went down the other end, tried to make up for it with an offload. And I thought the flop penalty was harsh. It it probably was harsh. I think that was a that was one of those instances where Klein was refing like an NRL match. It probably was harsh, but he had just given Queensland a penalty, so he was yeah. probably looking to, to by the letter of the law it was a penalty and he's he's made that error. So that that's my opinion on the selections and um it's I don't know, easy to sit back here and be a um a couch uh, commentary guru, but um, yeah, that, I mean that, that's what that's what we do. Yeah, <laughs> that's, but um, uh, yeah, not uh, the first time Freddie's been criticised for his selections. No, and look, at the end of the day, if I was to summarise it, New South Wales were our worst, own worst enemies. Um, mistakes at critical times, 
Defence on the edges was absolutely horrible. Horrendous. Um, and the final try for Queensland was just an example of the difference. You know, when the chips are down and you're not playing to your, your potential, you can be sucker punched, and, and that's what we were. Um, you know, a front row chasing through and out leaping a fullback, just the writing's on the wall. That's right. You know, and, you know, to regather and get it. I, I mean, I'd love to see what Lindsay Collins was playing for an anytime try assist. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. No. It, would, it would have had some juicy odds. But, yeah, well done to Queensland. Too good last night. Hopefully we're um, not saying the same thing this time in two and a half weeks. Absolutely. We've got the, all the work to do for New South Wales. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, let's go up to Suncorp, pull their pants down and bring it back down to Sydney. Go the Blues. Go the Blues. Uh, mate, so we've got uh, the sports detention player of the series, which is uh, named after an origin great, Aaron Raper. So the... Aaron Raper, player of the series, voting. So how this works is that um, both myself and yourself, we will um, we will give our three, two, one for both Queensland and New South Wales over the uh, length of the series, and then uh, it'll be a cumulative points result for the winner of the Aaron Raper, player of the series. So, mate, for uh, New South Wales and Queensland, who got your points last night, mate? Uh, Liam Martin I thought was a standout He was uh, As soon as he came on The game changed He was so aggressive in defence Ran beautiful lines Scored a great try uh, He was quite easily My three for New South Wales uh, Brian Toho His carries um, Out of trouble Were brilliant He looked like he was troubling Queensland Every time he ran the ball Especially in the first half Got the momentum back For New South Wales So he got the two for me And I gave Cam Murray I thought we looked a better team When he came on His footwork His ability to get a quick play The mm. ball I I thought we looked stronger With him out there So he got my one So let, let me just jump in With a selection thing here Because I'm I'm Going for it Isaiah Yo To back row Hudson Young to the bench Cam Murray starting lock uh, yeah, I don't mind the idea of um, if he's fit, uh, Jake Turbo starting in the middle, oh, yeah. his defence, mm. but I don't mind the idea of Yo being on the bench um, mm. either. I'm not, you'd know better than me, mate. I'm not sure he's still got the agility to be, I, I'm sure he could play edge back rower, but I'm not, I don't know if you want him starting there. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can agree with the bench, maybe the bench. Um, I just felt as though Cameron Murray, he's got 80 minutes in him and he's an absolute workhorse. I think you you might sell him short putting him on the bench because yeah, he doesn't come on with an impact. He's not a big body like Yo. Yeah. So I think if you bring Yo on and play him in the middle, especially with that ball playing once there's a bit of fatigue in the game, it could be... Um, could be an option. I agree, mate. And um, then I had uh, Reuben Cotter, who was brilliant for Queensland mm. with the three. Money Munster for number two, set up two tries and was involved in every big play that they needed. And the Hammer for number one, who scored two tries and just speed. Car coach speed, mate. Looked absolutely electric. Yeah. And we got him in a space. Uh, they got him in a space, but we didn't get our speed man in the space. No. Um, mate, New South Wales, my three goes to Liam Martin also, mate. Uh, so he scored well, match uh, origin one for us. I've got uh, my two goes to Brian Toto as well. Um, and my one point for New South Wales goes to Payne Haas. I think, um, you know, he was, you know, does what Payne Haas does yep. in the guts there. Um, for Queensland, I had the hammer for three. 
Um, I thought he was he was just electric whenever he got the ball in his hand. He was dangerous. Uh, Ruben Cotter working his socks off in the guts, especially uh, playing a lot more minutes than what would have been expected. Mm. Uh, and my one point, mate, and I think it's sort of one of the the forgotten points of the game would be Murray Tuilangi. Like he, you know, his defensive plays um, to try saving, and he was just in the right place at the right time uh, for sixty. 60-odd minutes of the match before he was injured, you know. Mm. So, um, yeah, he gets a point for me. So that wraps it up. Um, mate, I've enjoyed this. Me a little, too, bit, little bit of a debrief. I can actually skip on into work with, um, you know, with a, a fair weight off my shoulders now. Yeah, mate, um, I feel like I've had a nice little debrief. Yeah, so uh, thank you very much for those who have listened. Um Get in, you know where we're at, at Sports Attention on the uh, socials. Get in, get your comments. Let us know what you think about the uh, the match last night. Where to now for New South Wales uh, and Queensland, if you're one of those blokes. But, um, yeah, thanks uh, again. Anything before we finish up, Potty? Thanks for listening, guys. Um, stay tuned for next week. Yeah, stay tuned. Uh, and remember, guys, before we finish up uh, this weekend, the FA Cup final, the first footy companion streaming live on YouTube. Stick around the uh, the socials and uh, you'll get all the links and all the where to. And obviously the audio recording will be up on uh, the podcast channel. So, cheer up. And farewell.